0: I'm already glad to see that you're already sort of on my side of how Willy Wonka and Jigsaw are very similar.
1: Well, yeah, because I I understand what you're saying about them both testing people, and if they fail, right. they they die. They essentially yeah. die, except for but, Willy Wonka. But you think see about this: the how end. they
0: die is almost inherently linked with their hubris. So it's mm-hmm. very much like a, tra- a saw trap, except Willy Wonka uses magic, and Jigsaw and, uses machinery. Yeah. Uh, and think about it like this. After all of the test subjects, quote unquote, the factory tourists, mm-hmm. okay. After all of the unworthy ones die, quote unquote, when they lose or whatever the thing, they they're dead. Uh, Charlie Bucket, who proves himself worthy, what does what happens to Charlie? He, he takes over. He as inherits. Willy Wonka. He becomes Willy Wonka. He becomes it's the a protege. cycle
1: exactly. It okay. Well, welcome back to Square Horror. I'm I, your
0: Duke of Spook Danny. I am the Master of ceremonies Matt, and. I'm glad, like, I was, I wrote this down thinking that you would be like, oh, you idiot, but you're like, no, that's solid. No, that, that
1: makes sense, I understand that thought process.
0: I'm, I'm still on the high from the, uh, the Jigsaw episode, how I just blew everybody's fucking mind, I hope, (laughs) I hope that I blew their minds with my outlandish, but, like, kind of sound theory, and when we watched it together, you're like, yeah, I can
1: understand that one, yeah.
0: Um, but that doesn't matter anymore. In that, ilk, so, we're sorry for the long as fuck episodes of late. Um, we might even end up dividing them into two parts, mm-hmm. uh, just cause they're so fucking long, uh, and that's mostly my fault. Um, so I'm gonna say I'm sorry and that we're really <laughs> glad to be over the, the shit that's yes. gonna make me bog down an episode with theory for an hour. It's good to just have a plain, fun Saw movie. Yes. And that's that's what Spiral Spiral is. Absolutely. Uh, so, forget everything you know about Saw. I know it's asking a lot. We just spent upwards of ten hours talking about it, but forget it. Uh, and throw on Spiral instead. Uh, the most easily paced, relaxed, but agonizingly brutal Saw movie in the franchise. Uh... As most people probably know, it's the brainchild of comedian Chris Rock. Um, Spiral is a Saw movie made by a Saw fan about Saw, if Saw had happened, but wasn't connected to this Saw. Are you following? I read that and
1: I still barely follow it.
0: (laughs) We'll get more into it later, but unlike its predecessor, Jigsaw, at least not on paper, officially, yet, uh... Spiral is a self-professed adjacent bubble movie. Mm -hmm. It is its own thing. All that we know is that all the Saw movies have happened, but this is happening just kind of over here at the same time. Or later. It doesn't doesn't matter. Uh, Which I think is cool about it because it doesn't matter when it is. It Mm -hmm. could be decades later. Yeah, Um, Yeah. you know. So... I lost my place. Uh. Uh, So, yeah, the... I mean, the subtitle of it is The Book of Saw, which we've mentioned before in our run, where they explicitly wanted to say that this is linked with Saw, but is not Saw. Mm -hmm. So, by seemingly changing locations, uh, police departments, the mini-city ecosystems, and killers, uh, Spiral cements itself as a reflection of the franchise that spawned it. The movie remembers its roots while not being limited by all the previous canon and its rules. It makes its own rules, uh, and that leads to a few surprises. Um. Namely, for me being uh just like, I have a whole section about it, but like this movie is fucking very brutal.
1: Yeah, like
0: it is. I would say that like the most brutal. Saw movie, like, hands down.
1: <laughs> Probably, yeah, because everything feels so visceral in this movie. You
0: know, I think part of that might be just because they it's not filtered anymore and mm-hmm. it's more real looking. Yeah, uh, the
1: cinematography in this movie yeah, is really gorgeous. That was one thing
0: we'll talk about with uh Daryl and Bowsman. He was excited to come back doing something different. Mm-hmm. But as we talked about... You slap a filter on this, and it's saw Two. yeah like it's absolutely. A, it, like it's shot very similar, and I really like that mm-hmm. um which is sometimes why the movie feels a little bit like it's two movies like in a in an eclipse with each other because the writing is not very saw, it's yeah. very regular, Chris Rock improvised most of his dialogue mm-hmm. uh or at least just wrote it himself, so. It's very stream of consciousness, very like regular conversation, but it's shot like how Saw is, where it yeah. seems like it's not real, it's this removed thing. So Chris Rock, as I mean, probably everybody knows Chris Rock, right? Yeah. Uh, I know him from when I was growing up. I loved Everybody Hates Chris.
1: I loved Madagascar. Yeah,
0: Madagascar. He's in. Uh, he's also in Grown Ups, uh, and he's evidently a very big Saw fan. And we'll get into Which that. Is so cool. Yeah, we'll we'll get into that now. So. Chris Rock obviously has been big for many, many years. Mm -hmm. So he had like the clout to, you know, get something going that he wanted to really be a part of and make himself. So he contacted the studio, not the other way around. They were, he was like, Hey, I would like to make this. And they put him in touch with Mark Berg and Oren Cools, who twisted pictures. Mm -hmm. They then contacted the writers of Jigsaw, Josh Stolberg and Peter Goldfinger uh, he was like, hey, let's make this happen. Like, let's, let's write a movie. So they then decided that we're going to just kind of, like, you know, Chris Rock had his idea of what the movie was going to be coming in. They have ideas about it. And they kind of just worked until they, got, they met in the middle. Yeah. And then they would even rewrite it all together, like, if they needed to while they were shooting. If they mm-hmm. were like, no, nah, this doesn't make a lot of sense. We can rewrite dialogue.
1: That's nice.
0: Um, which is, it seems like, oh, that's stressful, but it is. But, you know, the main character in the movie is Chris Rock, so if he's going to write any more dialogue, it's, I mean... It's for him. It's for him anyway. So, Chris Rock normally is in comedies, clearly, so this Mm -hmm. is his first horror movie. Uh, he's, he's not bad. I mean, I know a lot of people want, like, are curious as to, like, how he is. He's not bad. Mm -hmm. Um, some scenes are weird, but, you know... It kind of makes it – it's not like a horror comedy, but, like, there are moments where, like – comedy
1: moments in there. But,
0: yeah, but they do it in the same way that, like, in comedies where, like, if someone says something weird in a comedy, it's, mm-hmm. like, just, like, accepted. If you say something weird in, like, a normal movie, it, the people are like, why would you say that? But in this movie, they kind of just ignore it, almost like it is a comedy.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: like, he'll just say weird shit, and they'll be like – yeah, professional police officer. This is how you talk to other people. Um, so, and, and that doesn't mean that it's bad. That's just his approach to it. Is um, he said on that one bit? I, I think it was uh, when he came back and he was like, "That was just a diversion." Yeah. So he, after he like did that big emotional outburst, he like looked in the camera and was like, "Let anyone forget I was in Booty Tang, so I have range." <laughs>
1: Which I love that he just drops that oh, after, yeah. at the end of a take. Well,
0: and he was um, he was in New Jack City, which is a movie that he references in the movie. I'm like, did you just <laughs> reference a movie that you were in? And, like, they probably didn't even know. They probably mm-hmm. didn't even think about it. Because uh, he really, like, when he talks about how he approached, the, like, creating this character, he really, like, when he starts talking about him, he throws himself into that character's, like, mindset. Which is really cool because his whole approach to it was like how would it be if I was this? Yeah, Like what if like an everyman sort of person was dealing with this? Mm-hmm. Which I mean I think makes Spiral a lot more relatable than a lot of the other movies.
1: Yeah. And I do, I will say as much as I enjoy the soap opera nature of I'm with the other there, franchise, yes. this movie I feel like is just much more um, attainable. Like you oh, can absolutely. grasp it faster and have a quicker appreciation for it rather than waiting a couple movies in this one you can accept as it is by itself right
0: and and that's the i mean saw is the only time where that's just not been the case immediately Mm -hmm. i mean chris rock listed his references for spiral was seven and 48 hours seven is a could have been a tv show or saw style epic um but it's crammed into one movie so there needs to be that sort of thing where it's like you need to know you need to be able to jump into it and you need to have people you know that you relate to Mm -hmm. um and 48 hours is an eddie murphy movie that was like his like i'm gonna do a cop drama um so like he's paralleling that Mm -hmm. very well and a lot of the character a lot of the cast was saying that they were really excited to do movies like like a movie like 48 hours because they're like there's not been buddy cop movies that weren't like straight comedies or like mm-hmm. straight dramas in like decades. So this is a cool way we can like you know like him and, and detective uh Shank. His his last name is weird. I can yeah, never pronounce Schenck. it. But like when they're driving around they're just talking. Mm-hmm. But like it's not like training day where like it's intense shit and it's not like Beverly Hills Cop where it's all jokes. Like they're just talking. They're just, they're they're just two a men talking. Yeah. Which is why, like, initially I was, like, not a fan of a lot of the dialogue because none of it really matters. Mm-hmm. Like, Which
1: I feel like is really different from... It's very different. ...other Saw movies because, yeah, in the other ones, everything it felt like was building up to some kind of reveal later on. Whereas in this yeah. movie, I feel like so much of it is just real people going through their lives and then suddenly this intense shit starts hitting the fan and they don't know what to do yeah. about
0: it. Somehow that makes me think about uh, how they approached the twist in this movie, which we'll get into with spoiler territory later. Mm -hmm. But they were like, this isn't like, you know, in a typical Saw movie, yeah. You want to have cryptic dialogue. You want to have a plot shrouded in mystery. You want to have things where people aren't going to guess it. Or if Mm -hmm. they do, they only have part of the whole picture. In this movie, he was like, you're going to know who the killer is. The twist is going to be why. Yeah. So like they approach this like, you know, again, it's like saw adjacent where it's mm-hmm. like they're kind they know, they recognize that formula. Yeah. But they come at it differently with like this is like saw lights. Like this is mm-hmm. like ent- we talked kind of with um jigsaw where it's like entry level saw. Yeah. Where, like if you liked it, you'll watch you like can watch which is why it. I think spiral is even more perfect cuz unlike jigsaw it doesn't really reference the movies at all. Yeah, the it only just real is like, reference that, like, that to serial that killer. is that there's the f-
1: picture they always use of
0: John Kramer. <laughs> it's just like a picture of John dead. <laughs> yeah. Just to be like, he's dead, remember he's, that. I'm he's like, dead yeah. and he's not here.
1: It, it's really just it's
0: really just so that they can like...
1: I'm pretty sure they just used it so they could be in the trailer. John is dead. Well, he's not that's here. That's what I'm
0: saying. Is like, they, they have it as the, like, the Jigsaw killer. He's dead for those who don't know. So it's not him. Like, mm-hmm. they're, like, leading you in. They're not, like, ho- hand holding your hand, but they're, like, we're not going to leave this, like, crazy, like, like, Jigsaw, where it was, like, okay, I know one of you three is the killer, mm-hmm. and I know exactly why for all three of you, but I don't know which one of you it is. Yeah. So it's, like, instead of over-complicating, it's, like, under-complicating. Because, mm-hmm. like, midway through the movie, like, e- even if you don't have a a good idea of who the killer is, you have a couple of, like, pretty solid, like, he's probably this person mm-hmm. and it's not like you can guess the killer before the big climax. Cause that isn't the big climax. Yeah. That's like halfway up the big hill. Saying, that's <laughs>
1: one of, yeah, that's one of the hills on the way up the mountain. Yeah.
0: The- yeah. Um, and we'll get to the, that mountain and how strange it is later. Um, but before we keep going with production, uh, the Wikipedia article for this movie was great and very invaluable. And it, taught me a lot of information I didn't know. So for the benefit of like, further inf- informing the listeners and ourselves, I just pasted a lot of it because it's very concise, and it mm-hmm. goes like beginning, middle, end, very story-like. Nice. So um, it was written by the writers of Jigsaw, Josh Stolberg, and Peter Goldfinger. Um, following the release of Jigsaw, uh, the two had been pitching a new Saw film focused solely on John Kramer, rather than any of his established apprentices to series veterans Mark Berg and Oren Cools. But then the two called the duo to inform them that Chris Rock had an idea for the new movie. And so they just kind of put them together. Mm-hmm. So while, with Chris Rock contacting them shortly thereafter, talking about it. Um, but they had like eight different iterations of a Saw movie. Like they oh, were okay. like, we could go any number of these ways. And they basically gave all of those ideas to Chris Rock and were like, which one do you want to work with us on? Mm -hmm. And then he was like, well, we can kind of blend some of this in. Um, Because I feel like they wanted to do another um, corrupt cop movie. Mm -hmm. The writers did. Uh, Chris Rock wanted to do an everyman approach with a more, with a less complicated story. Mm -hmm. So they just found a way to put those two things together. Yeah, for sure. Um, and And it works a lot because they succeeded and have a lot of room for a sequel and this TV show thing they're pitching. Yeah. So like there's a lot they can do because again, all you need to do to make a Saw adjacent thing is just have anyone other than anyone related to John Kramer do it. Mm -hmm. Like that's all you need to do to make a Saw movie that isn't in canon. And that's fine. Like it's good that way. Spiral like has its own proclivities, but they have nothing to do with the way that it's like, Set up. Set up. No, yeah. not at all. Like, in theory, it's perfect. I I know you and I both, when we went to go see it, were like, we don't know where it is in canon, or like, if it is at all. Mm-hmm. We just want a good Saw movie. Yeah. Which is what we went in and what we got.
1: Absolutely.
0: Um, so, the, uh, you know, they were pitching all this shit, they were helping with all the writing. Um, can you start uh, talking about the early iteration of uh, the script? I'm so glad you asked me yeah. to
1: because um, so for an early iteration of the script that became Spiral, um, it had Chris Rock's character related to Danny Glover's David Tap from the first film, yeah. which, um, fun side note, I'm pretty sure is the character in, in the, the Saw, Saw game. Two ga- game. Yeah, in, game, in the Saw 2 game. Beca- <laughs> which they've... <laughs> gone back and forth about whether it's canon or not it's definitely not. Now it isn't
0: or I mean if you want if you really are like broken like me and you want all the saw things to be related Mm -hmm. I don't but like if you wanted to you could just say that like those are the same people in Spiral they just didn't talk about that shit Mm -hmm. but you can absolutely see that by having like Samuel L. Jackson play this character's father I'm like I bet in an early draft he was supposed to be Detective Tap.
1: Yeah. Um but the writers stolberg and goldfinger opted not to go in this direction as it didn't pass their smell test as yeah. they put it they just didn't get a they good vibe like from it, it which yeah. is totally which I fine
0: cuz it is a good idea and i mean they had eight they probably had eight really good ideas mm-hmm. and it was just a matter of like this one's not right
1: um, another aspect that was widely discussed by um, Bowsman and the writing crew was having Tobin Bell come back as Jigsaw in the movie. And they actually talked about this up until the last day of filming. Yeah, they but were going to have him up until about it the last day. The entire day. time. Um, but they felt that by bringing Bell back, the film would feel like the ninth installment exactly. of a franchise rather than the separate film it intended yes. on being. Which
0: is interesting because Darren Lynn Bowsman doesn't consider Jigsaw to be Saw 8.
2: Mm mm-hmm. Um
0: which is obviously the inverse, because they didn't really know what they were doing yet, and I yeah. think they shot themselves in the foot by including John. Mm-hmm. I just wrote themselves out of that by being like, well, you can just say he imagined it, and then it makes sense, because then you can have all these jigsaws and spirals and all this shit, and then have, eventually, Saw X, where, like Mortal Kombat X, we haven't had a Mortal Kombat reference in a while, it, is. it brings all the timelines together. <laughs> <laughs> Where they have to fight Kevin McAllister, (laughs) who's become, like, Lex Luthor. (laughs) I kind of like this idea.
1: (laughs) Get writing on it. Okay. Um, Bowsman had felt that uh, in the previous sequels, they were doing a disservice by using flashbacks to continue to bring... John Kramer as Jigsaw into the story and he didn't want to do that himself yeah. with another sequel. And they've been and doing that And he didn't want to disrespect <laughs> Tobin Bell's performances throughout the franchise. Exactly.
0: I mean, they've been doing that since Saw 5. So, like, at least, as just as many movies as he was alive in, he has showed up in flashbacks. In. Mm-hmm. So, it, I, I get that it gets very old. Yeah.
1: Um, also, an idea that Darren Lynn Bowsman considered in using Tobin Bell in Spiral was to have Bell sing a cover of Johnny Cash's Hurt during the credits and ending sequence, mm-hmm. but he dropped the idea for finding it too gimmicky. I read that about a week after I saw the movie, yeah. and I both really wanted to hear Tobin Bell sing Johnny Cash, so, but I was <laughs> so glad he didn't throw it in the credits because it would have felt God, out of weird. place. Uh, fun fact, they recorded it. It,
0: Did it exists really?
1: somewhere. Darren Lynn Balsman, if you're listening to this... Please.
0: Um, for, well, first of all, sign us is... on to uh, write any of these new projects. <laughs> if you've listened to this far, clearly you f- believe us a little bit. <laughs> um, give us jobs, please. And then, yes, yeah, secondly, please, if you would kindly send if you us... Would send
1: us the recording of we'll Johnny We'll pay Gash's for earth.
0: it. We, yes. I mean, we won't share it with anybody. We just want to hear just, it one I, time. <laughs> I just want to hear it. I just want to hear it good. once. Um... I, I don't know if I mentioned this on the show before, but over the summer, I had a buddy at the theater um, who had done he had lived for a while in L.A., kind of just working on various like movies and stuff, mm. just like in you know cameras and, and whatnot. <clears throat> and he was on set with Tobin Bell f- uh, for a day and he was like, yeah, you got to just not freak out like that's like the rule but he was like yeah this is pretty fucking cool <laughs> like he had a pi- like he showed me like a picture he's like yeah he was fucking there that's so cool and i'm like man uh, yeah i mean if anything like if i ever saw him at a con or something i'd be like hey you know love saw but like i would love to hear that johnny cash yeah i'd love
1: to hear your johnny cash lover yeah, like cover.
0: would you Sing it, please. <laughs> Give him a guitar. Yeah, it's like oh, of <laughs> course. I can't just do carry guitar. G- just carry
1: guitar with you an entire convention just to ask him to Dude, sing.
0: How cool would it be if Jigsaw could like play the guitar? If like while he's lecturing, he's just like playing Stairway to Heaven or something. It'd be kind of awesome. <laughs> playing Wonderwall. No, just to fuck with No, <laughs> he'd be cool. <laughs> oh shit, where were we? Uh, oh yeah, so um. Despite the discussions even taking place after the first test screening uh, through pro- post-production, um, one of the writers stated in an interview with Bloody Disgusting Jigsaw was never included in any draft of the screenplay of Spiral. So, where Darren Lynn Bowsman and it says this later, where he wanted to include him was in a post credit scene. And I'm very glad he didn't, because it would fuck up everything they wanted to do with this movie. Yeah. So, uh... They stated that including the Jigsaw, like you said, would alter the DNA of the story they were trying to achieve, um, and they didn't want to diminish his uh, his appearances. But mm-hmm. they thought they could have a connection somehow. Like, they did, uh, they ended up not wanting to have a connection between Jigsaw and the Spiral Killer um, because, one, it would be implausible timeline-wise. So, like, they know timelines, so clearly when they were writing Jigsaw, they looked at a timeline, which... Further cements my theory, but we're not talking about it. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Everywhere I look, I just get more you and find more, more validation. You saw. Um so but they wanted to you know, one of the earlier plans were having this after credit scene where John Kramer would meet a young version of the killer and bond with him, um, possibly giving him the puppet he later uses as the spiral killer. Mr. Snuggles. Which we'll talk about in a bit. <laughs> Um, it would form an intricate relationship like those present in the first seven movies, but it was ultimately decided it, to not film such a sequence before To, in, to they were going to include the Johnny Cash cover instead. So it was like after the third or whatever thing, they're like, fuck it, we just won't do anything. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad they did that. I'm glad that they went with their gut and they were like, no, this doesn't feel right. Like I've been getting that a lot throughout all the production of people saying, this is good, but it's not what we want, which is why I think Spiral was, like, so special. Because, like, James Wan and Lee Winnell were producing it. Gerilyn Bowsman was directing it. The guys mm-hmm. that wrote Jigsaw are writing it. You know, ew, but, you know, it's it's fine because yeah. they're all doing this thing together. It's, a, every, gr- it's like, a new group exactly project. Every facet of Saw is come together, and it's spearheaded by a fan mm-hmm. who wants to make a movie. So it's, like, it was all the perfect ingredients. And, I mean, I don't know if I was just... I like psyched myself out with hype because I was like, saw. And I didn't think, like, hey, now it's not saw. It's a different thing. I think mm-hmm. that's why when I came out, I was like, oh, I, I feel empty. But I think it's just because I like, just, dis- I like, disappointed myself. Yeah. Because the movie is good. Mm-hmm. Like, despite what people that say, the movie is good. I don't think that people that are viewing it a certain way may enjoy it that way. Um, they can't just say that it's torture porn this time because the people that made it were like, Hey, um, we know it's really brutal. So we're going to dial it back. Yeah. This was Daryl and Balsman dialing it back. And I want to get into that with, uh, introducing that Daryl and Balsman is directing this movie. again. Yes. Uh, we mentioned it before. Uh, he did saw two, three, four, and now this one. Mm-hmm. So as we know, Daryl and Balsman is, uh,
1: a huge theater. Yeah. Isn't? He's a
0: big theater kid. Um, And uh, he left Saw to do that, to follow that. He'd make Repo and to make uh, Devil's Devil's Carnival and and other weird things that he's been doing. So um, I can't believe this, which (laughs) I wish I knew earlier because I would have been like any doubt in my mind that this movie would be good would have been like totally confirmed. Mm -hmm. Daryl and Bowsman turned down an opportunity to direct a Broadway show. When Chris Rock called him to direct Spiral, he was almost there. And he said, no, fuck that. And he went to go make Spiral.
1: That's so Can cool. Can you believe, like,
0: knowing what we know about Darlene Bowlesman, that's, like, even crazier. Now I want to know what show he was supposed to direct on Broadway. It's probably what, something weird that would have been awesome. And I hope he gets to I, do I, that someday. I hope they
1: just delayed it instead of throwing a new director onto the project. Well,
0: I mean, clearly he has the experience. He's done mm. live theater before he did like a touring thing that was like kind of like devil's carnival um i think that's what repo initially was and then yeah because repo was initially
1: the necromerchants dead yes it was that was a a live stage show that was shorter and it embellished into what became repo Mm -hmm. and yeah that was where he really got to i forgot about the necromerchants (laughs) theater nerd wings
0: no but that was the thing is that he's like you know, he's a big director, obviously, but I think he also really likes directing stage, which yes. is cool because I wanted to
1: do more of that. That would be really cool. Because oh, be then I would love to
0: work could with you, him Could on you imagine stage? if you're like, yeah, I got to work with him, but like not in a movie. Yeah, can you
1: imagine if I just call you, hey, man, I just got out of my callback. Um, Darren was there. I,
0: I, ugh, I can't even think about this. Because, oh, man. Anyway, so part of the appeal for him turning down a Broadway show... And returning to the Saw universe, uh, his first time since 2007, was the opportunity to change things up visually. So as we talked about on the first three episodes of Saw, I and mean, even into the fourth, mm-hmm. uh, they're shot very of their time, have filters, you know, they're very weird looking. So, Daryl Bausman wants to get rid of that. He used the help of cinematographer Jordan Oram. And, uh... Honestly, I think it's great because you put a filter over this movie and it looks just like Saw Mhm. It's the same, how it's shot. And I love that. I love that he's consistent. Yeah. And how good it looks without a filter. I like, it looks really polished, yeah. especially
1: in the beginning as we're getting these really interesting establishing yeah. shots until it starts to get grittier as the killings continue. Yeah. I feel like that's something that isn't something that's touched on very often because for most of the Saw franchise, the movies just look grimy and gritty because they're in the midst of that story rather than finding a new beginning again.
0: You know what I just thought of is they... Um, all the lighting in this movie is from a source that is not, um, you know, a work light. It's not mm-hmm. for filming that they've lit, lit the room. All the interior shots, because it's like the middle of summer. You can, like... This you can smell and feel this movie because of how hot it looks. Mm-hmm. Like it is so like gross looking, and like I get sweaty just looking at it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like they do that very well with lighting too. Yeah. Where there's a lot of stuff outside. Saw has almost never done that. Mm-hmm. Um, even with Jigsaw, it was in you know it was in the day, but it was inside. Um, more or less. Yeah. Um, with this, it's a lot of it is outside. Um. Anytime that it's inside, it's all light from like faraway windows, mm-hmm. or and I, Darren Lane Boston can't help himself. A lot of those are like a different palette of light, like um, when he, after the, uh, the the wax waterboarding trap, he's walking out of the, the hallway and it's a green light. Yeah, and I'm like saw too. Or like towards the end when he's in the warehouse, and there's those red lights and those are the only lights. So it's just everything is just highlighted in mm-hmm. like a red neon. Uh, and the the poster, like, the poster of the movie is just, like, a bunch of, like, warm, dark colors, and it doesn't look Saw at all. It looks mm-hmm. very sleek, it looks very mod like, a, it looks like a modern art, like, yeah. something like that. And it's very cool, because I was like, nothing about this says Saw to me, and that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Like, it wasn't like Jigsaw, where I was like, this feels like Saw, and then watching the movie, it was like, it feels different. This was marketed different, it's different all around, and you're, it's supposed to be. Yeah. It's very good for that. So, um, you want to talk about when he got his first scene with there uh, with uh, Samuel L. Jackson, I, who, by the way, is in this movie? Yes,
1: Samuel L. Jackson is in the cast of this movie, um, and one of my favorite things I've heard Darren Lynn Bowsman talk about this movie is he was really excited because the first line that Sam Jackson had to say in his movie Motherfucker. was, Motherfucker. And he, hearing that just on set, like, made him get chills, he, he, which is so fun. <laughs> but um and Bowsman was also unsettled when he filmed the first scene with Sam Jackson, um, because he was telling um, the actor what to do for a shot, and Samuel Jackson just turned to him and said, No, I'm going to do something else he instead. He said,
0: Nah, yeah. which is even worse.
1: <laughs> and... Um, Bowsman is um, quoted as saying, my butthole puckered. You know
0: what's so funny is like all that shit we talked about on Saw 3, how he's just this like obviously like big theater kid like mm-hmm. energy on set, and Samuel Jackson is just like, Man, fuck you. And yeah. he's like, okay. <laughs> like, shut him down. But it was good natured, right?
1: Yes, because um, after Bausman was speaking with a friend who had worked with Jackson he realized that the actor wasn't just being a dick. He was basically testing him in soft fashion. He was testing him. He was testing him to see if the filmmaker was willing to stand up for what he wanted out of his movie, which I think is a really interesting test for an actor to do because
0: 99%
1: of them will never be able to do that without getting fired. No. But Sam Jackson has the clout to be like, I'm going to see what this guy can do.
0: Well, and not to mention, like, I would see that more on something like, okay, so like we just saw Candyman. Mm-hmm. Um, Nia DaCosta is a relatively new director. So I would see something like this happening on a movie like that. But like Daryl and has been making movies for like 12 years. Yeah. Like he's made a lot of big movies like that have made a lot of money. Like he's. He's no small-timer. He's him, yeah, he's been making them for... A, he's been... I mean, he's been ma- making them at least... For, yeah, at least since 2004. Yeah. Or 5, rather. Because his, like, first student film, like, mm-hmm. that he made himself. And then, yeah, of course, Saw 2 fucking immediately afterwards, the lucky bastard. Um, but, uh, I mean, that holding the ground motif, um, he actually held his ground a lot when it came to this movie, and it was so cool to see him so passionate for this movie. Like, not to say that he wasn't for the other ones, but, mm-hmm. like again, turned down a Broadway show for this, um, was like, I can't wait to work with Sam Jackson. Like, I'm excited and I'm nervous. And I'm like, Darren and you made Saw. You shouldn't be nervous on set. You should be God. Like, you True. are... Like, you're, honestly. Um, like, if we were in a Saw movie, you think we're going to be like, I'm going to fuck with Daryl and We're like, no, I'm going to get him coffee because yeah. I respect <laughs> him too much. Um, but, like, in, that, in this sense, he... Uh, he really wanted to make that um, subway trap happen in a real, like, or relatively real subway. He wanted a set, like, a big subway set. Yeah. And that bit in the movie when they're investigating that crash, it's fucking awesome because that set is so big and he really, really wanted to use it. But they told him, the studio told him that it would be, like, too expensive or that they couldn't do it and they, you know... Just like figure something else out, and he was like, "No, we need to do this." And they they buckled and they let him have it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, he did, however, sneak his crew onto the Toronto fairgrounds sometime uh, during a festival to film that bit in the beginning, and mm-hmm. they did not have a permit and they were asked to leave. <laughs> Amazing. Again, like you're not. It's <laughs> not a student film.
1: Yeah, you don't have to guerrilla like, filmmaker. Like like
0: you're saw like. The Toronto like fi- like it's like Atlanta with the Walking Dead like mm-hmm. Saw. I mean, obviously a lot of movies get made in Toronto, but like Saw's been consistently made in and around the like metropolitan area of Toronto since 2004. Like, if you, you say I'm permit. making a Saw movie, they'll be like, well, "Wait this way." Like, you won't even have to pay for it. It's like, please, by all means. Yeah. <laughs> like, what else do you need? We'll do crowd control. Like, whatever else you need, and they're like, "It's fine." So, um. There was no puppet in the original scripts. Uh, you know, obviously, Billy is a thing for John Kramer. Uh, this killer is not related to John Kramer, but Darren Pausman insisted that there would be a puppet of some sort.
1: Which is actually really interesting before we get into the new puppet, because recently, because I'm a nerd and I am involved in all things Saw these days.
0: Who um, ha- look who you're talking to. Uh, recently,
1: <laughs> there was revealed a deleted scene with. Sam Jackson and a Billy puppet was filmed at some point for this movie, okay, and scrapped because it doesn't yeah, it make doesn't sense timeline wise. But I think it's really interesting that they did have a Billy puppet on set at one
0: point. Because <laughs> i I have so many questions. I kind of hope it'd be like those early Marvel movies Easter eggs where it was just like a huh, look at this thing. Like in in like Iron Man two, when it's just like huh, Captain America's shield. What's that? Yeah, like, I feel I would love if this was more like the Billy puppet was, like, a replica. Like, that's yeah. something I would buy, like, the Jigsaw Rules website. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they need merch, so I'm probably thinking they probably sell, you facsimiles of Billy. I, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna buy that. I'm gonna say that's in canon. <laughs> I, I approve of that. I
1: think that's hilarious. Because it is in the, like, killer's den before he finds the new puppet. Yeah. Called Mr. Snuggles. Mr. Snuggles. Oh. Which
0: we've talked about on the show before. Uh I don't really like its vibe. It's too scary. He's for me. creepy. <laughs> it's, in like in the trailer, I'm like, ooh, it's a marionette with like it's a so I don't know if we actually talked about it, but it's in the fashion of the like jigsaw aesthetic, it's got a pig head. Mm-hmm. But it's not like a pig. Mask. It's not like the uh, and the the same goes for the killer, I guess. Yes. You know the the jigsaw proteges wear a hollowed out pig head, that is like there's blood around the eyes and there's human hair attached to it. Like it almost Mm. doesn't look like a pig. It almost looks like some kind of weird mutant. Yeah. This killer wears a straight up pig mask. Yeah. It's just like the head of a pig, and the puppet is like like a cartoon pig, like a porky pig, how, like, the head is. Like, mm-hmm. like Piggly Wiggly. Yeah. But, like, Nightmare Piggly Wiggly.
1: It's Nightmare Piggly Wiggly with a gun in its <laughs> hand. Well, because it's dressed
0: like a police officer mm-hmm. in, you know, in the, I wouldn't say quite as antiquated, but, you know, the the general antagonistic term for cops historically has been for pigs. Mm-hmm. So it, it just totally, it's just a fun coincidence happenstance that Saw is already intrinsically linked for some weird reason, with pigs. Yeah. And, like, this is the only time that, like, it makes sense (laughs) that there's pigs involved. Um, remember that? Oh, you were, we were talking about when we watched it, like, that big fucker pig they had to use. Yeah, in that like, a giant
1: pig in the... Like, a full-sized
0: hog. That,
1: apparently, it was... I think it was a fake pig. But it was fake, like, but weighed, it weighed, like, the two same. to three hundred pounds. Yeah. And they had to try to load it into a car and then have it fall out just
0: right. And they had to keep, like, pushing it back to, like... And they do that, like, fun, like, comedy thing where, like, they push it up and, like, slam the door so it, like, doesn't fall out. So it doesn't fall, out. fall until so they that, Yeah, it. exactly. So, like, oh, man, I, I wish... He was out there by himself, like, pushing it in. Daryl and Balsman's, like, everyone's just, like, laughing at him. And he's like, no, I got Guys, it. Guys, it's not
1: funny. Just, someone help.
0: No, he's like, no, no, I got it, I got it. <laughs> <laughs> Lee Whannell's, like, this fucking loser. <laughs> I can't do an Australian accent. Um, so, Mr. Snuggles is a marionette pig cop. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, in, in, in conjunction with that is the voice that is used. So, like the jigsaw killers of yore... Uh, This killer also has weird audio distortion on its voice. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just like its puppet, it is way scarier than uh, the voice John uses um, because it doesn't sound like a human. Yeah. (laughs) It sounds like a computer, but also like a weird, like, ugh, guy. Mm -hmm. Um, So they were going to use Tobin Bell's voice originally, but they said it was too iconic, and they were going to... They didn't want to use it for this new puppet because it would create continuity errors. Yes. Um, An early draft featured Jigsaw's voice only to then be revealed to have been a digitally altered version of the voice, Uh, and the story originally had all the speeches as actually being past recordings of Jigsaw's voice using words in different orders to show that the Spiral Killer had digitally rearranged the words to create different tapes. Kind of fucking like Jigsaw! Which you already did! You can't use the same you twist can't twice! Do this again! You guys already made that mistake! Yeah. <laughs> Don't, like, I, I gave you the pass! Don't fuck it Don't up! Don't do it again! But again, I'm glad they were like, no, that doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Like, we can't do that. Um, they settled on a computer simulated voice. Um, Bowsman went through numerous voices of men, and, uh, men women, and children. Uh, and the final voice used in the film was selected only two days before finishing the, uh, finishing the sound mixing. So no one, when they made that movie, knew what, what it, it sounded sound like until they saw the movie. That's Which cool. is fucking horrifying. <laughs> um, especially because the killer is a very markedly different tone of voice. Mm-hmm. So I feel like being that individual, of have been like, ugh, that's yeah. scary. Uh, well, yeah,
1: so,
0: like we like you were
1: mm-hmm. saying... Um, They went through a lot of different iterations because Daryl Lynn was looking for a new voice that wouldn't easily be compared with Tobin Bell's John Kramer voice, which it is, and I'm really glad he did it. But he really wanted something that would sound like a child's voice, (sighs) which would freak me out. It
0: still freaks me out, and I know who it is, Yeah, (laughs) I'm still Um,
1: scared. But he didn't like how it sounded and it didn't work like he was hoping. And so they tried to just use the actor's voice kind of like they did with John Kramer. Yeah, they would just distorted it. But it, that one also didn't work out as well as they would hope. So they chose to do a um, voice modulated monotone voice. Yeah. So
0: they voice modulated a AI software, like, like the AI text to speech mm-hmm. thing. So the person speaking was never alive. So I guess that's just extra creepy. <laughs> I, like, I
1: really like that because I think that's a really interesting way for a new Jigsaw killer to be able to continue yeah. that. Because suddenly, you just send that out on a jigsawrules.com blog post, and then anybody who's anybody around the world can suddenly start being that new killer. I'm so
0: glad that you're also creating, like, extra webs of my massive conspiracy. <laughs> that, like, all of this is connected. <laughs> I'm... No.
1: We're in too deep now. We've been talking
0: about this for too no, long. And we're, we're so close. Yeah. Um, so the working title of this movie, and I remember this uh, ever since 2018, it was The Organ Donor. Uh, and I've been hearing since early 2018 that Chris Rock was in talks to make a Saw movie. So we we were plugged into it from the beginning, from mm-hmm. the first meeting that Chris Rock had with Lionsgate to be like, I want to make a Saw movie. Um and within relatively a short period of time again because they had eight scripts and yeah chris rock already had like a relative good treatment of what he wanted to do uh that That's was a bit. bit i glossed over earlier mm-hmm. um they set to work on the organ donor in uh like the spring to summer of 2018 it was set to come out in may of 2019 but um a little thing called COVID 2020 uh, sorry 2020 um but then covid-19 COVID happened. It happened and, and everything got delayed a year. Yeah, it got delayed a year. It actually got pushed back to the spot that was originally going to be the release date of John Wick 4. Mm-hmm. It was May 20 21st, 2021.
1: But then Fun little surprise in March for all of us Saw fans, they ended up pushing it up a week, which when I first saw an article that said the Saw, the Spiral release date had changed, I thought they were pushing it back, and I was pissed until I actually read the article that it was being pushed forward. The film
0: was released, at least in the United States, the day I graduated college. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think that that's hilarious, yeah. especially because the fall of my freshman year, the Halloween of my freshman year was Jigsaw. Mm-hmm. And then I had two years of like stupid Jigsaw. I want a real Saw movie. <laughs> uh, this is before I grew up and thought about the movie. More I really wish our
1: listeners could see the pose you just made.
0: I imagine that little kid from the, like, I think it's what, Shrek 4, like that just pouty little kid, just like, do the roar. That's what I looked like, just like. I don't like Jigsaw. <laughs> um, I, I do like it now. Obviously because of uh, this massive theory that I've burdened all of you with. Um, also, really quick, before we get into the brutality, uh, the music of these of this movie is markedly also very different. Yes. Because Saw, as we know, uh, the music is the brainchild of Charlie Closer. who used to be in Nine Inch Nails. So it's very mm-hmm. industrial, metal, all that sort of stuff. <clears throat> this movie... They went for a more rap, hip hop, R and B style. Yes, and it's very cool. I like it a lot. Um, Twenty One Savage wrote like the title song. Mm-hmm. Um, the credit version of it is uh, has a sampling of Hello Zep. Yeah, it's not as good with the Hello Zep sampling. The song is very good. Mm-hmm. Um, like, and it was in the in the, the the version they had in the trailer was like way creepier. Yeah, and it was fucking awesome. So like every time I'd see the trailer, like that song gets just stuck in my head.
1: I have it stuck in my head
0: now. Right. (laughs) Well, we'll we'll go out on it for this one because the song is really good. Um, Okay, so let's talk a bit about brutality.
2: Brutality.
0: Okay, so here's the thing about the traps in these movies, in this movie, they're all super winnable, except for one. But like, like, but I want to talk a bit about that. Like, the Saw traps historically have tried to find that balance between, you know reasonable level of like ability and like mortality. Mm-hmm. So is it something you can do within reason and survive? Um, like if like where the only bearing is if you have the will enough. It's just things that are like all you need to do is like just like get it. This doesn't make any sense. Like I feel like a football coach. <laughs> the point is that they're supposed to be something simple. But something clearly that you would miss. Yeah. Take the first trap. Uh, the individual is suspended. Uh, he's standing on a chair.
1: Yeah, he's um, on his tiptoes on a step ladder. Yeah.
0: He uh, he's he's got a um, a vice on his tongue. So like a, a metal rod is like pierced his tongue. Mm-hmm. And um, his hands are like barbed wire tied behind his back. That fucking ugh! I, I hate it. Yeah. Um, but like that, that alone, I was like, ugh, shit. Um, but I'm looking at it. I'm like, okay. First of all, trap is fucking gnarly looking. There's a lot of blood. Um, there's a lot of that close, like you know, yeah. and Bowden style of shooting a trap, where it's like shows you all the important bits real quick, mm-hmm. gets you like you know exactly what they gotta do real quick, immediately. I look at it. I'm like, okay. Just gotta jump off the chair. And the tape says that the tape. Well, it's a TV this time with mm-hmm. the image of the killer in the in the pig head with the creepy voice, explaining that because the cop lied on the witness stand, he needed to sever his tongue. Uh, by just jumping off the chair, the weight would pull his tongue off, he would lose his tongue. But he would Sad survive. Sad times, but he would live. That, or, uh, the train kills him. Because it's on a train track.
1: Yeah, he's in a subway train track.
0: I don't know if I've told you a lot about it, but I have this, like, pathological fear of, like, getting killed by a train. Oh, so this really was So, like, fun I really didn't like it. Especially because, like... This is something that I'm like, okay, if I was in this situation I'd be like, thank god this is my trap because I can definitely win it so I won't get killed by a train. Mm-hmm. If it was something like the wax board one where it was like, hey, do this thing or you'll get killed by a train, I think I would I, like, I truly don't think I would ever would have been as afraid as I would then. Mm-hmm. Like, I, like, I'm thinking about it now and like I'm really getting anxious <laughs> <laughs> thinking about those stakes. But um do you want to talk about what the trap initially looked like? Yeah. <laughs>
1: so, um Lynn Bowsman is a firm believer in in any traps in a saw movie he is making, the physics needs to make sense. The
0: physics of it being survivable, right? Or the physics of it killing you. The physics of
1: how it works. Oh, how it
0: works. No, yeah, because um. we were talking about it with the with the wax one. How like, yeah, this doesn't work, but you were like it needs to be able to be plausible that this would happen.
1: Yes. And you're talking. Yeah. So, okay. What happens in the script needs to be physically plausible based on what the contraption they're putting them in. Yes. And so, initially, this trap didn't have the vice on the tongue. No. It had fish hooks oh, in the person's oh, tongue. Which, first of all, anyone who's ever gone fishing and may have accidentally <laughs> nicked themselves with a fishing hook knows that that shit
0: sucks. Well, and think about it. Like, the vice, you only have one thing in your tongue. Fish mm-hmm. hooks, you can have like a
1: dozen. Well, and what's worse is he was like, well, if they're fish hooks, it's not going to rip a tongue out. It's just going to rip it to yeah, shreds. Yeah, rip it to shreds. And that's not the, that's not what we're going for here. So he changed it to a vice, <laughs> and a producer came on set and was <laughs> not happy that they had changed it. <laughs>
0: really quickly, I know it's a little bit off-brand, but it reminds me <laughs> of it. Can you tell me that factoid we learned about Candyman? Uh, the other day when we were watching it, uh, the old one about the hook, the guy that made the hook. Yes. <laughs> just really quick anecdote. Just from the same ilk. I love this story. So yeah, back
1: for 1992's Candyman. Great
0: movie. The new um, one, by the way, go see it.
1: Yes, we'll be talking about the new Candyman very, very soon. But um, when they were making the initial one, they needed someone to make their giant hook yeah. for Candyman. Yeah. And so they hired a blacksmith to make a hook. And when some one of the producers came to pick it up. The blacksmith
0: found out it was for a Clive Barker movie and refused to sell it to them. Well, Cl- if, for those that don't know, Clive Barker is famous for making Hellraiser, which we'll we'll get to one day because I picked up all the movies this summer. Uh, Hellraiser is a is a is a franchise about sadomasochistic demons uh, who use a lot of hooks in their sexual torture. Mm-hmm. So this man was like. No, I don't want you to put it anywhere that it is unnatural. <laughs> He's just, what are you gonna do with this? So work? just like it's just for a uh, Candyman. Yeah, yeah. Who's uh directing that? Oh, you know, someone's you know. selling. Yeah, okay. Um. Who wrote it? Who wrote it? Uh, well, um, <laughs> it's based on a Clive Barker story. A Clive no. Barker? No, 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 no. I don't want my hooks going anywhere <laughs> near anybody's orifices. I don't want them pulling things. I don't want people suspended by them. I just know, okay? I make hooks for normal things. (laughs) So back to the brutality of Spiral. Back to Spiral. Um, So yeah, that's just what we're kind of dealing with here. Uh, The producers asked him not to do it, but um, he did it anyway. Because Daryl Bausman, I think, doesn't understand, like, that he's disassociated from reality with violence. Yeah. Because, uh, I'm gonna preface the rest of this by saying that Daryl Bausman stated that in comparison to the previous entries, Spiral included less violence and gore. Expressing the conviction that the gore and violence were the gimmick for him back when he was started working on the movies, but that both elements now serve the story, which focuses more on the character, tension, and fear. Which is what we've said has been the whole franchise. Mm -hmm. So maybe he just didn't think about it until just now. I mean, granted, he was younger making those movies. And we know how much of a little psychopath he is, um, clearly. Yes. (laughs) Um, In a good way, obviously. Um, But I think that element works well here because the killer in this movie doesn't, really doesn't like dirty cops. Mm -hmm. That's why they're targeting them. And there's a reason for it, obviously. But they obviously... Because they're not a student of John Kramer. They're not really as into the message. And we'll get into that message later yes. on. Um, but clearly he wants these people to suffer a lot. So I, I think that that also works in, in the director's favor to be like, Yeah, it's about this character like knowing what they did was wrong. But do they have this, like the heart to beat it? And I'm like, yeah, that's the theory of all of Saw. It's just now it's in... It's not wrapped up in some kind of, like, philosophy. It's just mm-hmm. simple revenge. Yeah. Um, so that being said, um, Let's there go was a trap consisting of someone getting their face cut off, and it had to be cut from the film in order for it to receive an R rating from the MPAA, as all previous attempts resulted in an NC-17 rating, which is pretty standard. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that was the death of a character named Detective Drury, whose death they basically caught for being too violent. So That's probably what this mm-hmm. one was. Because uh, there's a lot of characters that I'm like, I feel like they just didn't have time to kill all of them. And one thing I
1: was <laughs> really intrigued by, Dar- I read an interview, or I heard an interview on a podcast with Darren Lynn Bosman after it had come out. Yeah. Um, where he mentioned he was kind of glad that the trap Got ended cut. up getting cut because now they can make he more. has an opening for this character to be more or yeah. less involved as he so can he just chooses. make you know he
0: can just do the you know the original Saw trilogy thing where it was like okay all the characters are there we're just gonna spotlight the movie to movie mm-hmm. which I would dig because then that would introduce a whole new generation of people to Saw yes um, so the skinning scene was eviscerated by the MPAA. Uh, to the point that they only showed it in like sneer still images, yeah. <laughs> um, and deservedly so because they were just straight up skidding a person alive. <laughs> yeah. Like that was the gist of that scene, mm-hmm. um, and I'm so I'm glad they cut down on it. The opening trap was we talked about with the fish hooks. Um, they cut the whole character's death, uh, and I'll cap this off by saying that Darren Bowsman's favorite trap in this movie is the wax waterboarding trap. Which we'll get into we'll get on the mad, run, but, oh. but uh, God, I hate that trap. <laughs> okay, so the cast luckily is quite short. Uh, as we talk about Chris Rock a lot, um, Samuel Jackson, obviously, most movies that have come out in the last thirty years, he's been in. Yeah, uh, he's Nick Fury. Um, Rez- not Reservoir Dogs, Pulp Fiction, pretty mm-hmm. much a lot of you know Quentin Tarantino stuff. Um, Detective William Shank. Who?
1: Yeah, who is um,
0: Chris Rock character's yeah. partner? It's his, his junior partner. He's played by uh, Max Minghella. Uh, I know him from The Handmaid's Tale. He's very good in that. He's mm-hmm. been in the Mindy Project. I think he's like the boyfriend on that show. Okay. Uh, and he's also he was also in the Social Network like years ago. Oh wow! Yeah. Um, Captain Angie Gar- Garza, who's the head of the department. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of cool. Um, the part was initially written for a man and they were just like, nah, she killed it, so she gets it, which is awesome.
1: That's nice. Because her
0: gender is, like, only one time is it ever, like, part of a joke, Mm -hmm. but that joke is my favorite joke of the movie. And it's not because she's a woman, it's just the circumstances of the scene. (laughs) Um, so she's been in a lot of what I would consider, like, the square audience stuff. She Mm -hmm. was in Riverdale, Teen Wolf, something called The Gates, which I think is another like, MTV or CW show. Okay. Um, So, the meth dealer that uh, Chris Rock goes to get uh, information about is a magician by the name of Chris Ramsey, whose YouTube videos help teach Darren Lynn Bousman magic tricks. He's literally Jimmy Woo from fucking WandaVision. (laughs) (laughs) Where he literally was like, "Oh man, I think that'd be cool to learn," and he just like found this guy on YouTube, and, then and was in like, classic us fashion, hey, was you, like, "Hey, do you want
1: to
2: do a movie?" Person
0: I like, you know, like, do you want to be in this movie? And it's just some bit part, um, especially because they just beat the shit out of him. <laughs> yeah. Life. So um, let's get in the movie notes.
1: Yeah, let's do this.
0: Uh, the beginning of the movie has a cold open trap, but it's a cold open scene that goes into, into a, a cold open trap. Uh, it's fun for Saw to kind of change it up Mm -hmm. right off the bat, but still kind of relatively stay the same. The tongue trap is fucking great. I love it. It's a great trap. The traps in this movie, again, we'll get to the the wax one later, and it's just a little problematic, which is probably why I'm not sold on it, but the rest of the traps, I think, are fucking amazing. Mm -hmm. Like, they're just so good. This
1: movie probably has some of my favorite traps of the entire franchise, just because of how interesting and yeah I just think they're, they're so, so original they're, they're so, so original. new after in being nine movies into a franchise, you don't expect these really yeah. interesting new contraptions to be a part of it.
0: Well, that was my first step at least back a couple years ago in accepting jigsaw was like, okay, some of these traps are fucking really cool mm-hmm. like that buzz saw like the the buckethead one, the laser collar those are all really cool traps, yeah um. So like, again, it's cool that they can still find, again, I think it's just because Daryl and Bosman's fucked up that they're just like, we always have like traps that in previous movies were just like too gross mm-hmm. and like now we're making them because like other shit has come out and like people can handle it. Um. I, so it, it's not a very positive note when I wrote it down, but I don't know why I wrote it that way, but. Uh, I said that the voice was both kind of dumb, but it's also very creepy because it's just not John, mm-hmm. and like that's both like not threatening, but also really threatening. Yeah, because uh, it's very just monotone, very as is.
1: Uh, I was say it. It really doesn't feel human, which I think is what really yeah. makes creeps me out from it.
0: And, I mean, think about it, like, the killer could have learned from where Hoffman got inevitably found out, where they deciphered that it was his voice. Mm -hmm. And And if you're running
1: it through a program, it's never your voice. voice. Uh,
0: I also think that, so, like, we meet Zeke, who's the person, Chris Rock's character, Mm -hmm. uh, and he's kind of who we're gonna follow, and his first scene is he's robbing drug dealers with a bunch of other criminals, but he's doing it undercover, but he's doing it alone, which is what his problem tends to be, is that mm-hmm. he likes to do things by himself. Yeah. Uh, not within the, like, group of cops. Like, they obviously have a brother that he just kind of breaks all the time, which probably comes from the fact that his father was the chief of police. Mm-hmm. Um, that first scene... Just, I'm like, Zeke would absolutely be a fucking jigsaw victim. Yeah, Because he's, he's, like... He's just as corrupt as everybody else. He just didn't do it... Like, he just called out the really bad corruption. Mm -hmm. He had a partner uh, several years ago that um, he turned in for shooting a suspect for Mm -hmm. no reason. Um, And the cop did a couple years in prison. Um, But, you know, I I don't know if people know this, but within police departments, there's a thing called the, uh, the Code of Silence, like the blue line where... You don't rat on your brothers. Mm -hmm. Even if it's something bad, unfortunately, you don't do that. Mm -hmm. Um, I know it may be the right thing, and, like, all of Internal Affairs is there for that, but then they know, like, that they can't really trust you. Like, they just think they can't trust you. So, Zeke, who's already an outsider, becomes more of an outsider because he turned in this cop to the point that it got him shot, Mm -hmm. and... He's like, okay, now fuck these guys, they're just gonna let me get killed, fuck them, I don't want yeah. to have anything to do with them. You know, but as soon as this killer starts killing people, and they learn that the first victim, the tongue trap, is a cop, mm-hmm. and it's Zeke's, like, only friend. Like, the rest of the cops hate him except this guy, Boz, yeah. who fucking dies. <laughs> um, and whom I think Zeke definitely knew was corrupt, he just ignored it. Yeah. Because every time that he's confronted with it, he gets angry, which makes me believe absolutely that he knew. mm mm-hmm. um, Again, he's just as bad. He's just the guy we're following. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you want to talk about the uh, the pacing?
1: Uh, yeah. So it, th- this movie doesn't really do the really fast-paced, quick cuts no. that the other Saw movies are known for. This one really does have more of a feeling of, like, cruising along. Yeah especially in between intense trap sequences or intense sequences with some kind of life or death stakes. It really does feel like it's just traversing its way through in a very natural way.
0: I think it kind of speaks to it. Like when we would get saw traps, um, either someone going into the room and seeing them or someone discovering them, they're always like, Reverend. It's almost mm-hmm. like it's, like, a like a, like a a piece, like an artifact that they're, like, just, like, archaeologists, like, maneuvering over. It's, like, they, they kind of venerate this thing. But every time that they move to these, uh, you know, like, the trap itself, like, the actual, like, scene where they're looking at the trap itself, mm-hmm. they still do that. But when they're on their way to it, like, that whole scene where they're walking into the subway to get to the tunnel, it's just this casual, like following them as they're walking, yeah. as they're just talking about guy stuff. Um, and then there's this big... So it's like, where all the other Saw movies cut out those human moments for the sake this of like one, getting you, this, this one's one, like, 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 no, these are regular it shit. let
1: lets itself revel in yeah. these real human moments. And
0: I think that's exactly what Chris Rock did in the first place, is being like, this is the Everyman Saw movie, I want it to feel like, you know... Not everything is seven. Like, not everything that's happening is, like, a crucial clue. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes shit just is. Yeah. And then you wait. Um, also, the the cool way that... I promise I'm not trying to be, like... Because Chris Rock probably likes R&B. Mm-hmm. But uh, the score trades in Charlie Closer's creepy industrial Saw tracks that are supposed to be, like, mystery and, and weird. The hot summer environment that Zeke's in... You know, the, the rap and the r and like, it it fits with that. Mm-hmm. Like, because he just kind of moseys through his life. He, like, he drives, like, a cool car, not a squad car. Um, when he's going into crime scenes, he just kind of, like, walks into them. Like, he just doesn't give a shit. Um, like, it, it's, like, this confidence, but also, like, because he's just so, like, removed from all this shit. Mm-hmm. Which is why I think it was interesting that he's, like, like, he wants the case because his friend died, Yeah, but like he doesn't care, really. He's just like, this guy just killed my friend that I want to know. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really matter beyond that. It's not until he starts killing people that he's like, oh, I actually care about them. That he's well, like, yeah, oh, first we'll find them. It's,
1: it's not even so much that it was... It is partially because it was his friend, but also because he was the first person on the scene and now they're trying to go against protocol to not have him be the detective in charge of the case yeah. because he has a personal connection to it. Which they're fucking which right about. Right. It's,
0: you shouldn't be involved if you know the guy. You're too close to the case. T- they literally yes. had that scene with, with new Hoffman uh, who's <laughs> yeah. not like, it's not Hoffman in the sense that he's involved, but like he's just this big scary cop who looks suspicious as fuck and like says all the things Hoffman would have said in like Saw 4 but he literally does that, like, damn it, Seek, you too close to the case. Yeah. And I'm like, do you think he went home and was like, fuck yeah. Like, cause I, I if I got say to say it. that, I'd be like, yeah, I said it! <laughs> um, So, <laughs> the way that the tapes come through, we haven't really talked about that. Do you want to talk a bit about, just, like, the way that this killer communicates is super interesting. Yeah,
1: because it's, um, it's different in the fact that he is this new spiral killer as... They call it... Um, they call it the
0: Jigsaw Copycat in the movie, which I wish they just called it, like, the Spiral Killer. I was say,
1: I like the Spiral Killer more, it's so I'm cool. going to say that. No, absolutely. Um, but the Spiral Killer, unlike John, very openly communicates with the police force, and Zeke in particular. Yeah. Whereas, up to the point where he'll just... Or they'll just send bl- yeah. blue boxes with string tied around them that are unmarked and mm. have like a usb drive it's always edit.
0: the trophy from the trap because like this killer takes trophies which is cool yeah, he doesn't take not puzzle, the puzzle pieces, pieces it's he takes, part of them it, it's the thing that they needed to be tested so mm-hmm. like the first time like they realized that it's boz is they find i mean a, a usb link because now it's usb technology mm-hmm. is sent to the the police station um and the background is of the parking lot in the courthouse because he mm-hmm. was, you know, he always lied on the, on the stand. They find the box that has Boz's tongue and his and badge. His badge, yes. So I it's really like that the, the killer brings oh, the yeah. badge in. It's very unique because, like, that's a new thing. Like, that's this killer's signature. Mm-hmm. And that's so interesting because it's new, it's different. Um, and it's like fucking like, it, it's, it's taunting. He's taunting them, uh, which John doesn't really do. He just mm-hmm. kind of is like, Guess you're just, John's just doing guess You're his just thing. wrong. Yeah, <laughs> you're just strapped into my fucking ride, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, Zeke also says if it's another copycat, like referring to Jigsaw. Mm-hmm. Um, so, at the very least, this movie addresses that other people, other than John Kramer, have been Jigsaw, mm-hmm. which Jigsaw the movie didn't really do. Yeah, they're like someone's killing people like John Kramer. It must be John Kramer. I'm like, except for all the times that it was other people. Yeah. <laughs> like, literally all the, like, half the franchise, it was, was one other guy. Um, but in this movie, so, I mean, he could be referencing Jigsaw. He could be referencing the actual canon of, like, the case of, like, he knows about um, Amanda and he knows about Hoffman. So it's cool because, you know, that's all you really need to know mm-hmm. is that Jigsaw was a serial killer that had accomplices. That's all you need to know. Yeah. And use traps to kill people. mm mm-hmm. um, They do say that he never went after cops, which just... Which is not fucking true. ...fucking not true. <laughs> like, it just straight up is a lie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I also... I, like I, we just, just said, I love the sending of the cops badges and pieces of the dead victims. It's gruesome, and it's a step in the direction of this killer because it's his own signature. Mm-hmm. Um, then it's my favorite, like, little comedy scene. So after, um... They've, like, confirmed it's Boz, and, like, Zeke wants to be lead on the case. Mm -hmm. Um, He, like, makes a scene and then storms out, and the captain follows him. Remember, a a woman uh, follows him, and he's, like, fucking, like, like, I'm sorry. And she's, like, let's get in here. Like, the closest door is just the men's restroom. Mm -hmm. And I'm, like, fucking okay. Like, he didn't question it the officer using the facility didn't question it, because, like, he's just taking a piss, and she goes, zip up, get out of here, and just, okay, Captain. Like, without missing a beat. Like, did not even wash his hands. Like his just no, leave Which is great, because it's the first time that, like, Chris Rock's character made me laugh, where he was just like, wash your hands. Yeah. Because I'm like, he's probably just as shocked, like, I can't believe he just fucking left. Yeah. <laughs> that scene doesn't have anything to do with anything. I think it's just, it's just so funny. It's so funny. Um... Samuel Jackson's intro is really funny. That scene where he's just like motherfucker because Zeke is going home and like his door is open, and he like takes his gun out and he's like sweeping and like his dad because Samuel Jackson is his dad. Mm-hmm. I was just standing there like whoa, bro! Like like I could have killed you. He's like I got a gun. Like he's packing too. He's like I could have killed you. Yeah, <laughs> that whole scene is so funny because he just like jigsaw copycat. That could be difficult. I'm like, this seems like kind (laughs) of an understatement. (laughs) Seeing as how the cops kind of like, kind of like the Vietnam War, like they didn't ever conclusively like beat Jigsaw. They just kind of like, it solved itself. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like it was like an in-house issue that like Jigsaw Incorporated figured out and Mm -hmm. the cops were like, just stop killing people, okay? For the love of God! Please, Please God. <laughs> um, so that 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 scene's great. Uh, I love their chemistry. Yeah. Um, Chris Rock and Samuel Jackson probably had a fucking ball making this movie. Absolutely. Cause it's like the only scene they're in together before the end of the movie, which is very cool. Mm-hmm. Because after this, we don't to really set see up him. the two the yeah.
1: relationship.
0: Yes. I mean, and we get a lot of that from Zeke talking about it. Not from them talking about it. Mm-hmm. Which is very interesting because, like, the thing, like, about the hobby store that only him and his father would know. Yeah. As, like, a your dad's the killer. Like, what the fuck? Like, he's clearly fucking with you. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, we'll, we'll talk more about him towards the end. We can't, because unfortunately, yeah. because he's not in a lot of the movie, we can't really talk about him a lot before the spoiler territory. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. so we can get into the finger trap, which we haven't mentioned at all yet. Mm-hmm. So... The first cop that is, like, objectively horrible that we know uh, is put in this trap, uh, and he's, he's sitting in a, in a tub, like a metal tub, um, that's going to be filling up with water to a specific fill line where there is a copper live wire that mm-hmm. will electrocute him. Because, you know, water and electricity. Of course. And this time it actually works. Um, and so he has a weird, like, helmet device on him that is activated when he bites down on it. Mm-hmm. And uh, all of his fingers are trapped in these, like, Chinese finger trap. Like, obviously a more, like, you know, robust design. But they are, if he bites down on this headgear thing, uh, his fingers are going to be pulled and pulled and pulled until they reach a bar where his arms can't move any forward, so his fingers are going to be ripped off. Mm -hmm. And he needs to do this before the tub fills to the brim. Uh, this was one that I again was like, This is absolutely doable. Yeah. But it, it still is doable. But the more I think about it, the more I'm like, This would be very difficult because it's definitely not ripping them out like fast.
1: No, it's just ripping slow them out like pull. slowly.
0: Well, because <laughs>
1: you know to talk about this. Sterling so being like, It's not brutal. When they <laughs> made it before it had to go through MPAA restrictions. Initially, you saw every knuckle break. Yeah, I don't and know if I could handle that. Ligament tear, truly. and it sounds like it was just oh, so much to watch. Because the scene is watch.
0: already very brutal.
1: Yeah, although I will say that this is one of my only big like editing qualms with this movie yeah. is how they get into the trap because they set up the trap with him getting kidnapped and him being in the warehouse warehouse and in the trap yeah. and then they leave that for about five minutes to go back to Zeke and then when we get to the trap it then reintroduces the trap and you I always that? felt that I mean, it's it different. feels like it's just an editing mistake that got left in right. for me because for me it does the same reveal twice and I wish That's they only fair. did it once.
0: I thought it was kind of cool because it was... You see him get kidnapped, um, but not what the trap is, until they found it. And then they show it. Which is kind of interesting because they've done that a few times, but it's never been with a main trap. Mm-hmm. It's like, uh, remember at the beginning of Saw 3 where uh, the, the ring trap, when the, with all the chains... They found that one first, and Mm -hmm. then they rewound it and showed it later. See, that's where I I was hoping it was going to be.
1: But then when they introduced it and then leave right before he does anything, because he wakes up when they first introduce it. So you start to see the trap, and then they leave it. And I wish they had just done the introduction after they found the aftermath. Yeah,
0: maybe then. Because also, just
1: seeing severed fingers without knowing what the trap was would be really interesting, because that would make me want to know more
0: well this one always begs the question of like i would love a saw movie that like sets up a trap or like sets up that somebody got kidnapped or like that they were in a trap Mm -hmm. but like not whether or not they won or not yeah um and then you can even have something where like they're in the movie but you don't know if like it's because they won or if it's because the movie takes place before they got kidnapped Mm -hmm. that'd be kind of fun to, to explore um anyway so after that, you know, the, the Finger Trap, I think it's one of the better ones. I
1: think that's probably my favorite trap of the movie.
0: Yeah. E- e- I go back and forth now with the train one. Yeah. But um, this one, at least visually, because you only got a snapshot of it in the trailer, and I'm like, that looks like a completely new and original trap, and I can't wait to see what it does. Mm-hmm. Um, so, the method of abduction is kind of smart, uh, and even more brutal than before. So, before, John would do something with, like, some kind of tranquilizer. With, like, a hypodermic needle sort of thing. Um, yeah, some intense Hoffman sedative. used, like, chloroform of some degree, I think, a couple of times. Um, but also the, you know, the drugs. Mm-hmm. So, this killer uses plastic sheets. Which don't render you unconscious because of, like, a barbiturate. It renders you unconscious because he has suffocated you. Yeah. So, he has rendered you unconscious, like... You could be dead. Like, he could have just killed you. Mm-hmm. But he knows how long to do it for that just renders you unconscious, and then he stops. Yeah. Um, and then he puts you in this trap. Because that's kind of cool, because you wake up, and you're like, oh, like, my brain, like, I'm so woozy, because, like, there was no oxygen in my brain for mm-hmm. a couple of minutes. Um, so it's just, it's brutal. It, it's, it's, like, very cruel to yeah. do that. Um. It's also probably why none of the spiral traps involves surgery yes because this killer is not someone that is intimately familiar with medical technology mm-hmm. or just medical medicine in general yes like we only know that you know John used a lot of it because he had Lawrence with him yeah uh, god it's so good to just say that like yeah. I know we talked about it on a jigsaw but, like I could just say it now um the whole scene with um it's a flashback where Zeke gets shot mhm uh, it's where a lot of his animosity comes from. That's also kind of hilarious to me. Because in the classic soft fashion, if someone is younger, they put a backwards baseball cap on him. Yep. Um, they give him some degree of facial hair. John had a soul patch. Uh, and um, this is where Zeke gets shot. Mm-hmm. And we find out that the cops, like, n- he raided for backup. The cops, like, elected to ignore it. And then he got shot. Mm-hmm. So Chief Banks, his dad, comes in and is like, oh, who was. Uh, I'm going to call dispatch. And find out who was closest to him and why you didn't show up. And then I'm going to shoot that person. Well, yeah, because
1: the big thing is that um, Zeke had radioed for backup three times in like eight yeah, minutes. Yeah, And, like, and, eight then no, minutes, one and no one was able to be there. No one was there. And so he was, yeah. D- Chief Banks is pissed.
0: He was pissed and he just beat the shit out of the cop. Well, yeah, as soon as trapper. the guy was like, <laughs> okay, I did it. He's like, he I
1: did it. <laughs> shoved his face against a wall.
0: <laughs> um... It also, the the following scene, uh, when Zeke is trying to figure out uh, where the tweaker that was the reason that Boggs found found himself in the tunnels, mm-hmm. like, where he came from, uh, so he was going to go fi- talk to that meth dealer to figure out where this guy went, that whole scene feels like Saw meets The Wire.
2: Yeah. Because, like, that
0: is a scene from The Wire, like, that way of get of buying drugs. Mm-hmm. Um, and the whole scene is just, like, kind of hilarious, because it's just, like... Wow, cops in a song movie, like, being cops. (laughs) Um, We also get another church support group, Danny. Yeah. (laughs) This one is is just Alcoholics Anonymous. Yeah, this one isn't
1: a survivor support group. Yeah, it was almost
0: a survivor support group, but nay. It's a very solid scene, though, between Zeke and his old partner, uh, whose name I can't remember. Uh, Um, Pete? Pete, I think, yeah. Yes, Pete is his name. Uh, it's his old partner that went to prison because he shot that guy. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously he didn't go to prison for very long. Yes. Um, and, uh, got out, was, is living in the basement of this church doing AA, um, just to scrounge by, um, that guy is fucking great.
2: hmm Like,
0: the actor is so good at playing just this shitty cop. And he's kind of older, too, so you know it's, like, he's been doing it for so long that it's, like, a different kind of shitty cop, like, yeah. than what we have now. Uh, but their chemistry is also very good because, like, Zeke regrets it, mm-hmm. and this guy knows he regrets it, but he's like, bro, we had to do it. Yeah. Like, this guy yeah. is of the mind, like, again, because he's been doing it for so long, he's of the mind that, like, everything I do is justified because I'm a police officer. hmm Um... I am a huge fan of the of the scene, the whole sequence, rather, with the killer targeting the police head on, very Mark Hoffman, by attacking their headquarters. Mm-hmm. He creates a diversion. he he hires someone to just like attack a cop. It brings all the cops over because they think it's the spiral killer. So yeah. all of them leave. And then then he finds himself, you know, like he he figures out a way to get into the station. So he can trap um, Angie, the yes. captain, in the uh, the. They call it the wax, wax waterboarding <laughs> trap. <laughs> trap.
1: Which, first of all, if you're not already imagining something awful, you're not. That's you're halfway there.
0: Yeah. So, I wrote simply that Angie's trap is great but unfair. Yes. So the, the general point of it is waterboarding for those fortunate enough to not know what it is is uh, simulating drowning. So you put a cloth over somebody's face, effectively cutting off their breathing to, like, full-on oxygen, Mm -hmm. but they can still breathe through because it's like a washcloth, and you pour water over it, um, which simulates drowning, but no water is actually, like, a substantial amount of it is, like, covering up your face to, Mm -hmm. like, make you actually drown. But you can't breathe because the washcloth is how you're breathing, and now it's full of water. Yeah. It's a particular form of torture that I learned from the D.C. Spy Museum. They, uh, Gitmo, get Guantanamo Bay, classified as, um, what was it, intensive interviewing? I'm like, you oh, mean torture? that's just torture. Well, it's the same thing. Like, It's just the government's way of being like, okay, those terms are like scary. Let's just change them slightly. Remember that scene yeah. from Vice where like, global warming is scary. What about climate change? Mm-hmm. Do you feel less threatened about that? Um, so her trap is, instead of water... It's wax. Yeah, hot, it's boiling, boiling hot wax. wax, which is gonna kill her. Um, unless she severs her spinal cord? With, yeah. like, a box cutter? Behind her?
2: Mm-hmm. Fuck
0: that! First of all, not only is it, like, impossible to do, but, it, like, you would paralyze yourself, you wouldn't be able to breathe, you would die. Mm-hmm. And even then, okay, you've freed yourself from the wax, good luck fucking walking, you are paralyzed now. Yeah, you can't now. go anywhere. Like, it's just so mean and unfair. Yeah, there, there's no way out of that one. We, I remember we were sitting next to each other watching it in the theater. And the tape is like, and the only way out is to sever your spinal cord. And we like sat up and went, whoa, yeah. whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> like Zach was with me like, that doesn't seem correct. <laughs> well, yeah, and like compared to some of the
1: other things they have to do in the traps of these movies, like lose your tongue, get rid of your fingers,
0: sever your spinal yeah, kill cord, kill yourself <laughs> essentially. Like it's it's just, it's just wild. <laughs> yeah. Um. But uh, it's shot really well. I think yeah. it's very unique. Um. It's very reminiscent of those early like the the traps from Saw the original. were like. Looking back at them, they're like... I think those just kind of were tortured to death traps. Mm-hmm. Like, they don't really make a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they're they're simple enough that they're like... It's an interesting way to kill somebody... With a reasonable amount of... I could get out of this. Um, so... Well, after that, obviously, Zeke is like... Overwhelmed with grief now because... Mm-hmm. He's lost his buddy. The head of his department, who he trusts... Is dead... Um, his dad's been missing, missing. for days. um, And uh, New Hoffman makes the implication that Chief Banks is probably the killer. Mm-hmm. Um, Like, he just points it out. He's like, hey, you think that like maybe he did it? And Zeke is like, no, that's preposterous. Well, and then he just turns to him and goes, when's, when's the, the last, last time you, you talked to dad? him? And he was like, uh, this morning. And he's like, No, you didn't. (laughs) Yeah. And then it's like, fuck, yeah, he probably is, because then Z goes to the church to try to talk to Pete. Because he's like, he told his dad to go talk to him, Mm -hmm. or he figured that his dad might have gone to talk to him. Oh, no, I lied. Because the... Backing up. The uh, security cameras for the evidence locker where Angie got killed, um, there's missing footage. They have been tapped. And you need to sign in using a badge number and... The, the badge number, number that, yeah, that, that, Pete, that Pete used was on file. Yeah. So Zeke thinks it's him, but also his dad's was used. So everyone mm-hmm. is like, yeah, maybe, but like, it's also maybe your dad. So as he's going to talk to Pete, he's calling his dad and he's like, dude, I can't make excuses for you anymore. Mm-hmm. And then immediately gets kidnapped, like in yeah. a legitimately good jump scare. Yeah. Um, and it's with that I want to start getting into spoiler territory. I mean, this last trap isn't very spoilery. But it escalates very quickly like, from it, there. From
1: there, it's going to jump into spoilers very like, quickly. Ve-
0: like, so just be warned. Yes.
1: So, yeah. Yeah. This like, is it, essentially our soon. spoiler yeah. warning before we yeah. get into we're it. We're getting there. Because once we start going, we're not going to want to stop. Yeah.
0: So, Zeke wakes up chained to a pipe, very mm-hmm. similar to Dr. Gordon. Um, there's a hacksaw there. Um,. And right before he's... And they play the theme and, mm-hmm. with just all on, like, yeah, cellos. Cello. It's fucking so cool. It's awesome. Um, And right as he's about to cut his own hand off, he finds a hairpin. Or uh, no, a bobby hairpin. pin. A bobby pin, sorry. uh, And he, he jimmies the lock and he finds himself. Yeah. And it, it's free. But um, it was in the trailer where Zeke just, like, looks grimly at a hacksaw, like, with the realization he's got to, like, cut his own hand off. And mm-hmm. that's... I want to be able to do that someday. That's so cool. To be able to, like look at myself and then like look grimly at the hacksaw I'm holding, like, oh no. That's just so cool. And he probably loved it. (laughs) So uh yeah, I wrote down the cello version of the saw theme is yummy. (laughs) Um Officer Dunlavy has a who face.
1: Yeah, he really does have a who face. Especially when he's (laughs) when he's like up in his trap. He's got the who nose and cheeks. Like Matt is laughing into a pillow at this moment.
0: I forgot about that note.
1: <laughs> I didn't want to I include I saw that it. note when I was like, <laughs> like reading it through it right cool. beforehand, and I saw it was here, and I was wondering if you were gonna skip it. Oh no! But I was I really glad you well, did it. I,
0: I started saying it because that's Pete's name. Is it's Officer Dunlevy? Is mm-hmm. his real name? But then I forgot that it was attached to has a who face. <laughs> That means nothing to so many people, but it needed to be said. But yeah, if you've
1: seen the Jim Carrey Grinch movie, you know what we mean.
0: Yeah, he looks like one of those who's. um. But his trap was one that I remember, like, from the second they established it, I was, like, trying to figure out what it was. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until, like, it started, like, that second that the glass shot out that I was like... Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. So the basement of the church has a glass compactor, I believe that's what that's called. It's for, like, recycling glass. Yeah. Um, you basically, you put, like, glass bottles or things into a machine that grinds them into tiny pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, but this machine's been retrofitted to, uh, instead of it just kind of depositing them, it's going to shoot them at, like, at least 100 miles per hour just out. Mm-hmm. So they're for all kinds purposes, like... Shrapnel. Yeah, right, right at, at Dolph-
1: Dunleavy. Dunleavy, who is chained by his wrists and on, like, some kind of step. Yeah, he's steps on, up, like, a stool or but something. But he is not in a comfortable position and he has no way to defend himself. No. like it's- So
0: it's just straight up being shot at his back. Mm-hmm. And Zeke has the the option to either let him die or, you know, release him. Yes. Um, And it was in the first, like, real line of John Kramer dialogue where he's like or you can let him die and throw away the key and the key was in a garbage can mm-hmm. like, so I just love that like return to the escape room type riddles of the yeah. shit um, and, and very much like a, uh, a, a Jeff Denlin he tries to save him but you know, glass has been shot pretty much through his entire backside mm-hmm. so he's bled to death pretty quickly I'm pretty sure his internal organs are mincemeat um, but the trap is evil as fuck. Yeah. And it's very, very cool. Okay, so now official spoiler territory. So Zeke goes to confront the killer who is. Um, Detective
1: Shank. His partner. His partner.
0: Who had faked his death earlier. We didn't mention that. But that skinning scene that we mentioned earlier uh, was supposed to be that. We didn't even really see a trap for it. We no, just kind of found aftermath. this skinned body and the the package that was delivered had a piece of skin that had one of his tattoos on it. Which so, was the name of his yeah, son. So Zeke was able to identify son. it. Yeah. Um and he was like, Oh fuck, he's got this kid, you know, his wife and, and kid are, you know, now without him. Mm-hmm. Uh but in the cool twists, like a lot of the movie I was like, it's probably this kid.
1: Well and like for me, in a it Saw was, movie, if the person's death isn't shown Yeah, I'm like, they not, not a like
0: there was no trap. Yeah, this person, whatever the fuck is going on here, like, it, there's whatever. something up. Yeah. Um, but the cool twist, like Darren Valzman was talking about, was it's not a matter of who the killer is, but, but why they're why killing. they're doing it. Now, when Max was younger, his father was murdered by Zeke's partner officer Dunlevy. He was the witness that he went to prison for, mm-hmm. and Zeke. They both watched it happen. Yeah. So um, Max was hiding, and he watched this officer shoot his father. And Zeke came in and saw the kid and was like, you know, like... you know, He took care of it. He was like, I'm yeah. going to do this. So Max has this kind of weird, like, bond with Zeke. Or, like, one-sided bond with him. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, because uh,
1: Will feels like th- he was the kind of like I keep saying Max that's the actor's, that's the actor's name. Actor's name. I know did. I know what you're meaning. <laughs> you um, corrected me. I that's that was how Will I did is it. His name. Yeah. <laughs> um but yeah, he feels that um, Zeke is the perfect one to use as his ultimate test of this department because he was the one who called out that corruption that sparked what he did. And
0: I think it speaks to this killer's motive of yeah, they can be corrupt. But if they do well and, like, make up for it, it's mm-hmm. okay. Yeah, These officers were supposed to, like, confess. They were supposed to be like, hey, live without the things, like, the guy that got his fingers ripped off. It was because he just bold-faced shot a guy. Mm-hmm. On Like, I, like, I feel like that's the nightmares people have about, like, police brutality. Yeah. Is that it's just this, like, simple, like, I hate you, and then he shot this kid.
1: Well, yeah, because we didn't go over it during the trap, but they showed the video of it, and it's at a it traffic stop, and the guy funny. starts to put his hand out, and then just flips off the officer, and then the guy and takes the guy and, shoots back and just
0: unloads the clip, and I'm like, "Whoa! You know that you're being recorded. Like how? Like the dash Are you cam going, is going. Like how were you possibly going to yeah. <laughs> convince somebody that you didn't kill this kid for no reason?" Mm-hmm. But anyway, so. His fingers were ripped off. He's like, now you can't pull the trigger anymore. Yeah. So, to have Zeke, he wants him to be his partner, to st- you know, in in this whole thing. That Zeke will find the corrupt cops, and then Will will take care of everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he's taking the. Uh, I have it written down somewhere. So um, he's taking yeah. jigsaws.
1: He's taking jigsaws. Um, method as yes, more of an inspiration rather than a full-on he, that's what he believes in, because how he describes the spiral, which which, <laughs> roll credits, um, is how it's a circle of rebirth that never ends. It's all in just constant motion that if you continue to adapt broken systems, it won't change until something makes some makes it move.
0: And I just thought it was crazy because the only place a spiral really has a definitive point is at the beginning of it. Mm -hmm. So it's more like it starts with one person and then it spirals off forever and ever and ever. And I think that's kind of like backwardsly, like he's inspired by John Kramer. Mm -hmm. So like, it's still a John Kramer credit. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But uh, the big thing was that he took John's methodology and put it to a macro scale. Mm-hmm. So the way John would test people is he would say, like, hey, you're undeserving of the life you live. Prove to me that you, you have what it takes, and then I will deem you worthy. Mm-hmm. And you will now have value for your life. So Will wants to apply that to institutions. So yeah. things like the police, the po- like a a police law, force, law enforcement. Yeah. So, so it's like if you have a system that's in place where... <clears throat> people that get away with being corrupt get punished mm-hmm. if they die they die we're better off without them but they have the opportunity to be like oh shit and then they lose something but they're like hey you know i shouldn't have done that i that's on me i i that's something that i owe mm-hmm. and then that being like the penalty hanging over your head is like no one will ever be bad again which is interesting in theory uh this guy clearly is in favor of police reform, mm-hmm. um, but he's adopting, unfortunately, what the prison system that needs reformation has right now, where it's it's not a rehabilitation center, it's a punishment, mm-hmm. and it's supposed to be a deterrence, so it's something that you would not want to do, You won't, you don't want to go there, mm-hmm. so you won't do crime. That thinking is flawed and not true, and we know that, to be certain, so... It's just interesting that he wouldn't immediately be like, Oh, I wonder if there's any, like, examples of this in modern society. Mm-hmm. Oh, prison? The thing that I, as a cop, am ex- like, intrinsically linked with? Like, I don't know how he didn't see that. Yeah. It's in- but, I mean, it's okay because he's, like Logan, ha- is a serial killer mm-hmm. who has flaws. Yeah. He's not doing it because he wants to better the system. He wants to kill these cops because he's mad at these cops. Mm-hmm. He's not trying to better anything. He's trying to kill these people because yeah. he hates them. And, to segue, Zeke's father is the reason for all of that. Mm -hmm. And that was his ultimate target. So, upon the big revelation, yes, I'm the killer, here's the why. And here's more of the why. And, you know, Zeke is reintroduced to his father, uh, um, who is being drained of a lot of his blood. he's getting bloodlet. Yeah, he's being, like, bloodlet. While he's
1: hanging from the ceiling. It's a weird,
0: weird weird-looking trap. Mm -hmm. But... He gets Zeke to realize that the department was operating under something that they called like Article Eighteen or Eight, which I think is supposed to be like a fictional facsimile of when uh, uh, Rudy Giuliani was mayor of New York City. They instituted like a stop and frisk policy, mm-hmm. where basically cops could just like go through the shit that you had on you. And they're like, yeah, crime goes down. He's like, yeah, well, if you frisk fucking two out of three people on the street, you're going to find something illegal. Mm -hmm. But, like, you know, it's not... That's not law enforcement. Like, that's just, like, harassment, essentially. Yeah. So, like, you know, it, it can go either way. So, like, this was more, like, because crime is so rampant, we can just bend the rules a lot more and we won't get in trouble. So the cops went, like, fucking nuts. And Chief Banks and Angie were the ones that, like, Came up with the entire concept, mm-hmm. so he's trying to get Zeke to be like, "Okay, you see that? Like, this is what the system is. You and I can fix this mm-hmm. because we know this this system can fuck us up. You know, because you did the right thing and you got shot for it, mm-hmm. and I know because my dad just got murdered and the guy got off relatively. He's got Yeah. So, what's cool about all that, just by design, is that. It seems to have an ending. Mm -hmm. He's not like a John where it's going to keep going. Like he doesn't have a plan. Yeah. Which is interesting because they're gonna make more of these movies, the spirals. Mm -hmm. And the way that this movie ends with the killer just kind of escaping. Well, yeah, because I'm like, what are you gonna do now? Too far away from that. Sorry, yes, Um, of course.
1: I do want to get into um, Chief Banks' trap. Is that Zeke essentially is given a gun with a single bullet, and his options are to shoot a target to release his father or shoot the killer, and end everything.
0: And all reasonable logic, including that of his father, is like, Zeke, shoot this fucker. Yeah,
1: Um, Because
0: right now, you and your father look fucking really suspicious.
1: So what he ends up doing is he does shoot the target above his father, which releases him, so he's no longer bloodletting. Um, Will begins to get away before Zeke just starts punching him, and the SWAT team that is coming because Will set it up so that people... So, that they would send the SWAT team looking for an armed suspect. Yeah. Are on their way into the room. They have their door cutter yeah. that ends up cutting a wire that pulls Sam Jackson back up in a marionette pose, yeah. much like Mr. Snuggles, which releases it's the, same the pose. fake gun yeah. attached to Sam Jackson's arm. So, that's what they see when he's backlit yeah. when they come in and they shoot him.
0: The whole thing, like it's very cool cinematically i just don't buy it at all (laughs) like why would they shoot him um but what is super cool about that is like they know the banks like very well obviously zeke is part of the department chief banks was the chief of police but in that moment they just kind of echoes just they're just like, these are cops and these are black men. Because, mm-hmm. like, as soon as they come in, they see Zeke. They, they don't even be like, oh, it's Zeke, our buddy. They immediately, he's a suspect. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, it's obviously not because he's black. It's probably because, like, hey you're probably the jigsaw killer. Yeah. Um, but it does have that kind of like, this. this whole movie clearly is about police brutality and police reform, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't do it. It doesn't talk about race along with it. Yeah. And it doesn't even really do it here. It's just like, I noticed it because it was something that obviously I'm primed to look for Mm -hmm. in just modern society. Uh, but it's something that it's there, but it's not the whole point of the scene. Mm hmm. Um, Darren Lynn Bousman, uh, revealed that they shot a brief look of William's body hanging to help convince viewers he was actually dead, but they wanted to abide by the rules of the series, which means they could not show something that hadn't happened. Mm-hmm. So remember that book of saw the, the, the saw rule book, the Bible? Yeah. We just That's a one rule. Of them. I, oh, I love that. where they're like, you can't have something that hadn't, didn't actually happen. Well, now, I'm thinking only about it, once. only happened once, and it was a dream it was sequence. In Saw seven, and yeah, maybe never mind. <laughs>
1: <laughs> maybe that's the reason it's in the rule book is because it was
0: dumb. I think Marcus Dunstan and Patrick Melt were just like, Fuck your rule book, yeah. We wanted to make two movies, and you gave us one. <laughs> we wanted to use this trap. <laughs> so, going back to Samuel L. Jackson being dead, uh, Darren Bausman asked him initially, why he agreed to play a character in a Saw film. And Sam Jackson, like you and I have said many times, said, if there's an interesting death, I'll do it. And this is an interesting death. Uh, His character, Marcus, is shot to death by SWAT team after wires pull his arms up. The SWAT team think he's going to shoot them since there is a gun affixed to his right arm. Wires pull it forward to make it appear as if he was going to shoot someone, causing them to shoot him to death. Mm -hmm. That's a really cool death. Yeah. If you get to be in a horror movie and die. at all, you want to die. Yeah. Especially if you're in a Saw movie, because like you get to forever be like, yeah, I died in the Angel Trap. Mm-hmm. Like that's yours forever. Um. Also, uh, my last note really uh, is just kind of like an afterthought. Uh, mm-hmm. I had one with Saw Seven about like the future of Saw. I was yes. I jumped ahead. Um this is another one that's relatively new and still out there that um in May of twenty twenty one, right around the same time he said like, We're gonna make a bunch more movies, we just don't know when or how. Mm-hmm. Uh Darren Basman commented that discussions have taken place about possibly bringing back Costas Mandalore as Mark Hoffman in a future film. And I boy do I love that <laughs> idea. <laughs> I am so for that idea. Um I'll just let that be the last thing in our saw franchise. Yeah, we is did that
1: the future the future, the future of Saw is, is still open. You know, the
0: future is open. And I, for one, really hope that we help make it. Yeah. I'd love to write Saw stuff.
1: That'd be really fun.
0: <sighs> Again, Daryl and Buzman, if you are listening to the show, we would love to be able to work on Saw. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, so it just feels, we, we just, we're just we done with Saw. That,
1: that is the end
0: of We've our been doing delve this for into months.
1: Saw our summer of saw is ending now that we are back at school. Yeah. And, um, are-
0: and and we're gonna release pretty much all these episodes at like the same time. Yes. Just in time for us to come up with and record something special for our one year anniversary. Ooh, I don't remember ex- specifically when that is, but it's 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 like 5th, an. Oh I shit! Believe. So it's like next week. It's next week. Oh, that's perfect. Which is exactly what I wanted. That's to That's actually. Time out as. Oh my god, that's fucking perfect. <laughs> Okay, so that's great. So, we'll, so that means that we have all this week to figure out what we want to do for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we'll put that out. And then uh, I'm thinking next we're going to do a little series about how kids suck. All right. They just, they just kill you sometimes, man. Yep. And uh, we'll, be, we'll get back into kind of our regular, regular swing of things. Swing of things. Um, I don't even know where that's gonna, how that's going to look. I feel like Saw has changed the way we've done the show. <laughs> it
1: really has. I
0: mean, I kind of still like the the you know write-ups. I think those are those fun. Those are going to be um, really They won't be important. as heavy with like lore or production. Yes,
1: but yeah, it's going to be on a more traditional release schedule. Yep. Um, we'll have schedules um, yeah, We'll
0: have just as many bonus episodes as we put out over the summer. Yeah, um, maybe
1: more depending on how many great yeah horror movies come out the rest of this year. But
0: I mean, now they're not as much to like. Water down the like, saw, yes, because it's over and all these episodes are coming out at the same time. We have what, like five bonus episodes that we're releasing? I think
1: we have, Three or four, yeah, I
0: think at least four. And, and then we're and then, about to record one, can it, man? Um, we're gonna
1: keep that one brief, we promise. Yes. <laughs>
0: All right, Uh, follow our Instagram at the underscore Square Horror Podcast.
1: You can send requests and comments to our email at squarehorrorpodcast@gmail.com. at Um,
0: And uh, like I said uh, several episodes ago, um, if you have any comments or anything that you would like shouted out on the show, or you yourself shouted out on the show, just DM us, we'll do it. Um, I'm also going to start on our uh, Instagram post at the very least. Um, I don't know if we want to do this for Spotify too, but... uh, I'm thinking of adding in our most fun quotes of the episode. And I think both of us knocked them out um, in the first two minutes talking about how Jigsaw and Willy Walker are similar. similar. (laughs) Okay, kids. Final. It's the final game over.
1: Until next time, stay spooky out there.